the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Isios. Oh yeah, we're back. Welcome everybody. University of Adversity. Again, let's do this. We got Brittany DePaula joining us today. She is an event planner, creative director, has her own design and floor boutique. She's, um, she's really talented. And I connected with her before through a LinkedIn call, and I really liked her story. And I really thought that you guys would get a lot of value. So we connected. I told her, come on the show. Let's have some fun. So she did. She's, she really talks about her journey and the struggles of being an entrepreneur, but also the struggles of working for somebody else and the high expectations of having to cater to people like that have a lot of money, not to say that having money is bad or fame, but sometimes they can be a little bit needy and they can be demanding and entitled. So I know that I worked in the bar industry too. I know what that can be like and weddings are stressful. So she talks about that. We'll get into that in just a minute. And then, yeah, she talks about her business now and how she's thriving. She's trying to change the game. So a really cool story. You know, she, um, she's gone through a lot as well. So she's a really good speaker. She also speaks and, you know, helps people to empower them. And I'll get into all the whole description in a minute, as I always do. So, but this is a good one. She's the good thing. What I, what I like is when I have people on here that are really good communicators and can speak their message well and be entertaining. And she's really good for that. So really stoked to get into this guys, Brittany DePaula, such an awesome name. We're going to get right into the show in just a moment. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest is the owner and creative director at Inspire, a design studio as well as floral boutique. What's amazing is that she also speaks and hosts seminars on failure, grit, and being unapologetic on who you truly are. This was inspired from the adversity that she faced in her own life that led her to hitting rock bottom where she learned that she had to make a change. And this is going to be such an exciting story because there's so many people on the journey of figuring it out where they want to be, whether it be entrepreneur, whether it be whatever you're choosing, that sometimes the first time around isn't always the time that um, you think it is and it allows you to grow because you go through the challenge. So I'm really excited to dive into her story. Brittany DePaula, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lance. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. I'm pumped. Excited to have you. And uh, congratulations on the, the, the recent wedding. You Thank you. Brittany Furtado to Brittany DePaula. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> it is a very strange concept of changing your name, but we're getting there. I'm, I'm getting used to it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Amazing. So maybe let's, let's talk about, let's go back. Let's hear about your story. I love to, you know, maybe fill the gaps in, uh, go back as far as you want and tell us a bit about yourself and kind of on the journey that you started on uh, to where you are today. Yeah. Well, so I feel like I was like any young person who had no idea what they wanted to do when you're in university and you basically just go to university to get out of the house and live with your friends and drink without parental supervision. And uh, so my years in university were basically, like I picked communications and I feel like communications is the the fallback uh, 
program you take when you have no idea what you want to do in life. Uh, so I took communications and closer to the end of my program, I started leaning a little bit more towards event management. So I was like, in the past, I've liked planning events, like a lot of people say, uh, but you don't really know what goes into it until you actually try. So um, I decided events is what I wanted to do, and I went to uh, Niagara College for event management, which I loved the program. It was just a year, super hands-on. The teachers were great. I met a lot of people that I still uh, that I still connect with now. Like I do their weddings actually, um, and it was it was kind of the first step to heading me in the direction where I thought I wanted to go. And to be honest, when I when I ended college, I wanted nothing to do with weddings. I wanted to do something super badass and corporate and be running around and doing these crazy like corporate events with huge budgets and like just really super cool aspects to them. And I left and of course I went through what everybody goes through, not being able to find a job after you graduate. And so I basically, opened a bunch of luxury uh, wedding magazines and I emailed all of the planners that I saw in the list in the directory in the back and only one answered. And basically all I asked was, I just want to learn from you. I can sit in your office and just watch. And for as long as I need to, I just want to learn the industry. I want to um, see what you do day to day. I want to learn if this is something that I want to do. And funny enough, the person who answered me was one of the top luxury uh, wedding planners in Toronto. And so when I went to go learn, I was thrown into it. Like I was doing NHL clients. We were doing like Canadian celebrity events. We were doing very intense um intense logistical events where I had no idea what I was doing and the internship I basically did this internship full-time for free for eight months and just to learn I, I all I wanted to get out of it was meeting people in the industry and learning as much as I could so I took advantage and and I worked for an epic company and we did like just insane stuff I look back on it and I'm like I I don't think the interns that work with me now could ever survive the things I went through, but I look back on it and in the turnaround for the um, interns that I did work with at that company was insane. I was probably the, the person who stuck it out the longest, but I would kind of always think to myself, like who else is doing site visits at, hotels with NHL clients sipping Vuv and tasting caviar. Like I'm in a position where I can experience something really cool and get out of it as much as I can. And so, yeah, I stuck it out for a really long time and it, it got really, it, it got really old, like the luxury, the, the clients with a lot of money, um, it wears down on you really quickly and so the turnaround also in that industry is is a little bit crazy. People can't stick it out for very long because it is really high stress. Um, so I ended up leaving that company and I kind of set out not knowing what I wanted to do. And so after a little bit of thinking, after hoarding a lot of decor for some reason, I would just like have all of this wedding decor that for some reason I would start collecting. Um, 
someone mentioned that I should probably just rent it out, try to make some money off of it. So I, I did, I registered a business and I thought of a business name and I created this business and also from what I learned from the company that I worked at before. And I created this business of what I thought people wanted to see. And it was bubbly and it was soft and it was rustic. And it was what I thought the trend for um, wedding clients would be. So if somebody saw my brand, they'd be attracted to it and they'd, they'd come and ask for my services. And you learn really quickly when you start a business that it doesn't happen that way. You don't just create a website and a business name and you automatically start getting inquiries in. It takes a lot of work and a lot of work to the point where I think a lot of people crack under the pressure for the first few years because it is really tough. And, um, I can get into it a little bit more, but I, I hit my lowest when those first couple years I was just going through absolute shit and you see other people on social media doing so well and it gets to you and you start getting very judgmental about yourself and the decisions you've been making and you start to question everything that you've done and if you're doing a good job and if all the mistakes that you're making, you're the only one making those mistakes. So you get to a point where you get really sad. And I, I would say closer to my second year of business, I was completely depressed. And I just couldn't figure out, like I was buying all of this decor because I, I thought that's what I needed for my inventory and that's what I thought I needed to be successful and I would spend thousands of dollars. But then I would have these clients that were only paying a portion of what I was buying these products at to rent them out for their weddings. And obviously in the first couple of years, you don't make your money back. And I think that's something that not a lot of people quite realize. You're in debt for a really long time. And you kind of have to learn the grit behind getting through that and not letting it get to you. But in the first few years, I did let it get to me and was super depressed, didn't want to get out of bed. Um, and my rock bottom would have been, I, after a few months of just like going downhill slowly, emotionally getting more and more sad, um, I got so sick and I, I ended up getting mono from just not sleeping and being overworked. I ended up getting a kidney infection right after that. And myself, I had all of these things lined up. I had all of these like inquiries coming in. I had all these things that if I stopped right then, my business wouldn't succeed or it would just go away. It would have failed in a second. So I, I felt this pressure, even though the doctors were telling me, you have to sleep, you have to rest, you have to like stop doing all of this work in order to get better so you can get back to work. I would still try to catch up and keep up. And unfortunately I just got sicker and sicker and sicker. And then it wasn't until I physically couldn't do anything anymore that I, I ended up getting a little bit better. I slept and I started feeling a little more energetic. I was ready to take on something and I, uh, I worked myself a little too hard and I fell asleep at the wheel and crashed into a car. And that was my, it was right when I started to feel a little bit better. And that was my bottom. Like I thought getting sick was my bottom. Crashing into that car was my 
breaking point where I was like, this isn't, this isn't what I started a business for. This isn't what I made decisions about my life to be here. I, I never wanted to overwork myself or get into a position where I was just sad every single day. So at that point, I really had to step back and, and think, what am I doing? Like, why am I making decisions that are making me upset and sad and tired and sick all of the time? And that depression was really hard to get out of, but I had to take a lot of steps to get out of there. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, you're a very good speaker, by the way. You're very good at like telling your story. It's, uh, thank you. Engaging. Um, I really, I really, it's cause I mean, you had told me a bits and pieces of that before we talked and that's why I remember hearing like, wow, this is going to be awesome because it's so true. And there's some notes I made about that. Like, so let's, let's, let's go back a little bit. We'll get back to mm-hmm. like, you know, the transition, but yeah. you know, what, what are some of the challenges that you face with when working with, you know, the high profile people and like the celebrities and like the entitlement how did that wear on you? Because I'm sure people listening, you know, as soon as you say, oh, I'm working for these like, you know, big end people, it's like, ooh, wow. But mm-hmm. I want to see the other side. Like, because I can relate working in hotels for a long time, mm-hmm. working in bars, it's like you get these entitled people and they can really test you and they really can treat you like shit at times. Yeah. And, and they forget that we're all human. So maybe just talk about that for a bit if you can. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost like sometimes humanity goes out the window. Like I, I started my business because I wanted to deal with people who are like me, who are down to earth, who weren't absolutely loaded and didn't care about how I treat people. I, I want to make people happy and I want to build relationships, meaningful, meaningful relationships with people. So when I was working with these high profile clients yeah, it was great because they had a lot of disposable income that they could just chuck towards their events or whatever they wanted. But it got to a point where these, when you're dealing with that type of person, they think the world is their oyster and they can ask for anything because they've got the money to support it. And at some point you have to be realistic and say, well, no, you, you can't have all of this. And it's, it's going to cause logistical issues if you have all of that. And even though, yeah, you can afford it, it's going to end up being a problem. And the more you add to an event, the trickier it's going to get to run it properly and everything goes wrong. Like things obviously go wrong at an event. They don't go to plan. Things change. We adjust the plan as we go. But when you add a certain amount of stuff to one day, it's a nightmare. And you know at a certain point, like it's getting more and more out of control. They're adding things. They're adding things. And you can't say shit because they, if they want it and they can afford it, they're going to have it. Yeah. So it just gets to a point where you're almost just playing catch up constantly and you're trying to play damage control, problem solver, and they get angry at you. And the problem isn't you. The problem is all of the unrealistic expectations and things that they're asking for. So it it got to a point where there's no amount of reasoning or explaining you can do to somebody like that. You, You can't explain to them logically what you're you're trying to prepare them for and it got to the point where i realized that 
yeah. I, there's no convincing someone. I had to step back and be like, this is a type of person. This is yeah. not me. This is not me not being able to explain myself well or deal with these situations well. This is a type of person and I have to make a decision if that's a type of person I want to work with my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's definitely something you're signing up for, right? I remember um, we used to have like celebrities come into our hotel and oh. some of the demands were just like, because we'd have movie premieres. This is in Australia. And some of the demands were just like unbelievable, but everybody just did it. That was just the way it was. Yeah. And you kind of feel like less of a human sometimes because you're like, what is this really? Like we're all human beings. Like, But yeah, I, I wanted to touch on that because I find that really interesting and I know it can wear on you. Um, also, there's something I wanted to go and circle back to as well because you had mm. so much good stuff there. I always have to take notes, otherwise I forget. Yeah. Um, how important is working for free for somebody that wants to learn? How important is it to kind of put your ego aside and to learn a skill? Like, would you recommend that to entrepreneurs out there? Because I know Gary Vee does that too. He talks about that. A lot of people that when you're young, and I wish I had this opportunity, do you think that's important to learn and to, to really embrace yourself and do it for free for a while? Yeah. I mean, like people nowadays need to suck it up. Either you're paying a shit ton of money for school where you're getting, sure, you're learning. And a lot of the time it's university. So you're not actually experiencing hands-on um, industries. You're, you're learning theory. So fine. If you want to go to university, go to university. I did. I went to college as well. And all of those things cost money. But the one thing that I can look back on and say, yeah, I took the most out of this was my internship because I figured I'm not paying anything. I'm, I'm swallowing my pride and I am following someone who I perceive as successful. And I want to learn the things that they've learned in the past. And you can't learn that from college. You can't sit in a college class and have somebody tell you all of their experiences or all of their mistakes or see mistakes happen or see things go wrong. And that's the thing. Like, I don't think I'd be where I am today if I didn't take that amount of time. And like we offer internships too. And some people will come maybe once a week, but you, how much do you see when you come once a week? I worked I say full time. I basically worked Monday to Sunday, um, just doing whatever I could and really like immersing myself in that team atmosphere because I wanted to experience everything. Yeah. And a lot of people can't do that today. They feel too entitled that they deserve something out of it. And to be honest, a lot of the times when you don't have any experience, you're really not worth much to someone in the beginning yeah. unless you can come forward and say I've experienced all of these things and I know exactly what to do when this situation happens then that makes you valuable and you don't experience that right when you get a job right out of school because people don't trust you yeah yeah it's that getting it's the shit hitting the fan on like you have to go through that it's like yeah. any job and I learned that specifically in the bars too you could do any you could do all the training, all the cocktail books and all the crap that people say you need until you put yourself in there and you get, you know, as a, you know, when shit hits the fan and things are coming all angles and everybody's panicking, it's like, that's where the growth is. And I yeah. can relate to your industry because man, 
I used to see like weddings and how stressful they were and like the overflow after party would come into the bar. You know, I worked at the Four Seasons. It was just fucking mayhem. Yeah, and it's yeah. like you got somebody new that's, that's read all the books but hasn't experienced it. There's so much mindset stuff that goes into staying calm and like, okay, what is going on here? And you don't learn that through theory. You learn that through experience. Yeah, you need you need that feeling at the end of the night where you feel like you've accomplished something that people can't accomplish. You yeah. at the end of the night you're like, "Holy shit, how do we pull that off?" Yeah. And that feeling is a great feeling because yeah. you know you can get through anything that comes your way. Like yeah. problems happen, who cares? You fix it. You make it happen. You make people happy and and you survive at the end of the night. But you have to experience that scary bit because if you can't survive it and you can't get through it, then you're really no use to anybody. Yeah. You know what I found useful in that area is like, if you make the right impression with the right person, sometimes in the beginning, you feel like nothing can, well, things can go wrong. But like, if you build that trust right away, it's like, okay, it's kind of like they just, but if something happens right in the beginning, you're like, oh man. And it just, yeah. every little thing just builds. And it's like this like snowball. You know, yeah. how many times have you dealt with that kind of thing where you're like, nothing will go right here? No, I know. I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough industry for sure. But like, yeah. you feel really good in the oh, end when you oh, accomplish so much. That's the beautiful thing. It's the contrast. So what are some of the challenges that, okay, so you went in on, you started to do your own thing. Okay. Obviously that's scary, but like, what are some of the challenges that you found being, you know, answering to yourself and knowing that this is your baby and you want it to work. You know, what are some of the, the things that you really noticed that at first you may have not have thought of that sort of started to build themselves up and you were like, oh shit, this is harder than I thought. Well, do you know what's funny? I think there's a moment where all of a sudden, you know, when something goes wrong and somebody has to apologize and do damage control. Mm when it's your baby, you're like, shit, that's me now. Like I am damage control. I'm the one who's going to reimburse something or give away something for free or figure out a solution, a good enough solution that's going to make somebody happy. And it, it hits you really fast because as soon as something goes wrong, you're like, okay, it's me. Like I have to fix this because a bad review is going to be the end of me. Like you, you don't realize how scary one bad review is, even if it's a little bit more dramatic than it, than it should be. It's still something that makes people perceive you in a certain way. So you get really like constantly thinking about solutions and okay, if this person's angry about this, which I kind of sense they're going to be angry about this, I'm going to give them a little bit of this to make them a little bit more happy. And it's, it's that, realizing that you're the one who has to fix everything, especially like even if it's your employees. Um, I remember like even serving jobs. When something goes wrong, you call a manager or somebody wants to talk to a manager. Now you're the person who has to just fix everybody's issues. And it, it gives you a little bit of a, a panic a lot of the time. I always mention, especially people who've worked in uh, food and beverage, have you ever had like server nightmares? Oh, oh, so many. Like, yeah. Did I, yeah. Did I forget? Did I remember this? Did I get the order on yeah. table 12? Yeah. Server nightmares. Like, they're a real thing. And I would have them all the time. And it quickly changed to wedding nightmares and like my client nightmares. And I think all of a sudden, once the responsibility 
came onto me. I'm thinking of everybody else making mistakes and my nightmares times by the ten or however many people I have working for me. So it's it's very similar in in every industry, but I feel like that was one thing I had to get used to and and I had to get used to it really fast. Yeah, that's uh that's cool. I um I also wanted to talk to you about something that I've talked about in the past on here and I've experienced myself is social media comparison. The everybody showing how much they how well they're doing. Look at me, I'm doing great. And you starting to doubt yourself that hey, maybe I'm not doing as good. How 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 important is all of that? Let's let's just dive into that. How has that affected you and what have you learned from it? Yeah, that's a that's a big one. Um, in my seminars, I mention all the time that social media is the one thing that's going to cause you to be immediately depressed if you're going down that path. And the problem with social media is everybody's faking it until you make it. Like it's not just you. It's not just like the person you're talking to and encouraging to fake it until they make it. It's everyone. And everyone has this tool in their hand that they can take a beautiful photo of something and put a positive comment or post on it and have the world perceive them as successful and happy. Mm. And it is just a perception. But if we buy into that perception and we we are constantly scrolling and going down this black hole of Instagram and social media, we're constantly seeing people doing better than us. Mm. And the problem with that is no one's doing better than us. It's all, it's all what we perceive. So if we think we're doing pretty well and accomplishing things every single day to get closer to our goal, we're doing a pretty damn good job. And we need to stick with believing in ourselves. But as soon as we start, start comparing ourselves to other people, um, it's, it's just such a dangerous path to start going down. And a lot of the times it's not even just emotionally. I also talk about when people are building their brands that a lot of the times, and we do it by accident, we scroll through Instagram, we see all these beautiful photos and we see things that we're attracted to and we put them somewhere in our little like filing cabinet in the back of our head. And we don't realize that when we're building our brand, we're taking bits and pieces of what we've seen from other people. And eventually we're doing what I did at the beginning of my business and creating a brand that we think people are going to be attracted to rather than creating a brand that resembles us. And we're pretty damn unique. We're pretty special. If we took ourselves and put that into a brand, we would create something original. But unfortunately, we've got this social media that kind of guides us into all of these different directions. And sometimes we don't even mean to. We think we're being original. But I really encourage people to, if you're going to post something, post it and put your phone down. Don't start scrolling through everybody else. Don't look at your competition. Not even like friends or people you used to know in high school or university. Just focus on yourself. Look at the world around you and find inspiration of what you love in the world around you. And you're good. You're golden. You're going to be pretty happy every day when you wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Well said for sure. I just think from my experience, I think a lot of times we react to people on social media for some reason because it triggers something within us that maybe that we see that we could be doing because otherwise, why else would it bother you, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think when you're, that's the trouble is that 
everybody's journey, you're all at a, you're at a different time. You know, you're all at a different path, but we see everybody as being at the same path with social media and with the comparison. But I mean, you can't compare someone's chapter two to chapter, somebody's chapter 20. Mm -hmm. Somebody that you see that's super successful may have failed like 50 times, right? It's that typical iceberg picture thing. You only see the tip. But the thing is what I found is that I would get angry with people that were showing results. Like I was in online marketing, direct selling and, um, you know, still do that on the side. But like, I would just really notice that if somebody was having success, it would piss me off because I know that, well, maybe I'm not doing what I should be doing. You know, maybe, maybe I'm not working as hard. So like, I would think, well, why don't I have those results? But then I asked myself, well, what is the actual problem here? Is it because I know that I'm probably not showing up like I should, you know? And I think sometimes also with social media, that's why with with the content I've tried to do is just inspiring. I don't like to post things about flashiness and to make people feel bad. I don't, I don't jive with that. So I don't like to do that kind of stuff. I feel like you gotta, you you just gotta watch what you're consuming, you know? Don't consume shit that's going to make you feel bad. Like if you know that, then don't follow those people, you know? Yeah. Well, and, but that's the issue too. Even sometimes in my seminars, I'll be like, you've just created a business and you're trying to grow it. The only thing that's going to grow that business isn't followers, isn't likes, isn't like collaborations with influencers. It's human connection. It's meeting people and growing your network and not just your network on LinkedIn. It's growing your network and meeting people out in the real world and building those relationships. So I think we almost have to put like an alarm on ourselves when we start like scrolling and looking at other people and comparing to people. What a waste of time. Like we could be using those, that time we're scrolling to open up our email, find a venue I'd like to visit and go meet the coordinator for it or Mm. see someone down the street that I admire and go for coffee with them and collaborate on something really cool and real with them. Mm. And I feel like, we we waste so much time. It's it sounds silly, but my my husband put on that timer on social media on my phone, and it drove me crazy because it would always cut me off. It would be like, oh, you've just reached your limit for social media today, and I was like, this is very a very good idea, wow. but it's driving me nuts. So I had to turn it off because I do do a lot of social media work when I'm promoting Inspire sure. and things like that, but. Um, it, it is. We almost have to have this mental like alarm where we're like, what a waste of time. Like yeah. how long have I been sitting scrolling here? And I could have like been at the gym or gone for a walk or gone to yoga. Or I know. Yeah. And just looking at other people's like, there's been days I'm guilty, you know, cause I work from home and I'm like, what did I just do? Where, yeah. Why is it 4 PM right now? Yeah. I haven't done anything. Like I thought it was two. It's a black hole. And I'm it like, is. but here's the thing. Like anything, there's a good and the bad. If you can utilize social media in a way that, because it's, let's be honest, it's, it's positive in helping your business grow, yeah. showing who you are. If you're authentic, if you're, you know, you, you can connect with people, there's so many positives, but there's that black hole. And yeah. you gotta, but like anything, self-awareness, there's that with drinking, there's that with eating bad, there's that with overindulgence of anything, right? And social yeah. media is one of those things that you need to say, like, just because it's not a drug or something like that, it's, it's still an addiction. Too much is, yeah. is too much, right? Too much yeah. Netflix is not good either, right? Totally. And it's it's you sit there and watch the TV, I'm watching a season, and you're like, yeah, that was great, and I don't, you know, I don't mind that once in a while. But sometimes you watch a whole season of Game of Thrones or Suits, and you're like, 
the fuck did I just do that? Yeah. I just did. <laughs> I'm watching these people that got paid millions of dollars. Yeah. And I just sat there and, 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 and I could have been doing stuff, which is yeah. fine. You know, there's a time and place. But yeah, it's like totally. Understanding like, all right, what's happening here? You know? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's catching yourself. It's catching yourself before it's too late. So what are some of the things? Okay. So you started to shift. You've obviously done, you know, I love hearing that you, you speak and you know, you got an inspiring story. What are some of the things that helped you? I mean, I'm sure there's a ton, but some tangible things that helped you propel you forward out of kind of that funk and into sort of your new groove. And what do you continue to do? Like maybe a daily, maybe daily routine or something like that. Well, I found talking to people helped so much because you start to realize really quickly, you're not the only one feeling that way. And I think the the problem when we go deeper and deeper into like sadness and judging ourselves and feeling really shitty about our decisions is because we think we're the only ones doing it and we're too embarrassed to talk to other people about it. So connecting with people who were kind of on the same um, path that I was on, I found out really quickly that we're kind of all in this together and chatting about, the struggle, but then also saying like, okay, yeah, we're all struggling together, but why can't we all team up together for success and help each other? And I think then you start finding solutions rather than um, just sitting by yourself and suffering. And so talking to people was something that really, really helped. And even sharing my story at seminars, because I would get so many people afterwards being like, that's me right now. And I feel really, really good hearing somebody who has made it out of that struggle. And we're all the same. Like we all feel that way. And actually reading a lot of books, I'm kind of uh, like a self-help and business book freak. Um, But books, even like Shoe Dog, like I was hungry or thirsty for a book that I wanted to hear of somebody successful that went through absolute shit and Shoe Dog did it for me. And I read, like, if a company like Nike can be where it's at today and go through absolute garbage when you're starting, then we have to realize that we're not the only ones going through the struggle. We can make it as big as we want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something, talking and really connecting with people. And then also encouraging myself every day to just not give a shit on what I post. So if I swear even if I swear in consultations I've had a really lovely couple once um, this more mature couple message me and say yeah we're going with your company because you dropped the f-bomb in your meeting and nobody else did (laughs) and just being who we are like we we shouldn't be just because I'm a wedding planner doesn't mean I need to wear a black dress with pearls every day with a clipboard and act a certain way I can be whoever I want to be so even encouraging my team every single day that we're pretty badass and we keep doing what we're doing and we're just going to keep being unique and people are going to start copying us because they're going to think we're pretty cool. So it's, it's one of those things constantly reminding each other and having a really good group of people around you who can remind you too. Yeah. It's amazing. Like we're so scared sometimes to be ourselves and be authentic because people won't like us, but then people actually like your brand and like you more and attract you more because of it. It's just such craziness. Yeah, it you is. Know? Like it's, and I, I wanted to circle back again because you're, you're dropping gold there is, is that what <laughs> I noticed, I noticed in, in, in interviews and, and having these conversations with people on the podcast, and I've said this before, someone asked me, I forget what show I was on, 
but all we're all we're all the same. Mm. Like we we all are the same. We're all some of some of us. You know, we're all on the same journey. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to. We're all human. Sometimes I'll come and I'll be talking to somebody and they'll have this shell and then I'll crack it and then I'm like, okay, they're just like me. It's like I was like that in bars too. I love that challenge of like, hmm, this person's like tough. And then you crack them and you're like, man, they're all the same. We're all we all want to be loved. We all want to you know love people. We all want the best, but you know we have these different beliefs or whatever. And it's really interesting because we all want the same thing. We all want happiness and love. And and as cheesy as that sounds, it's the truth. <laughs> like we're all a bunch of big softies. It is. It is the truth. Yeah. We you want know, human like, connection. We want to connect with people and, and feel like we're, we're doing okay. Yeah. And that's, that's it. Like as soon as we realize that it's that simple and we need to just chat with people and open up and connect, then we're good. We're fine. Did you have trouble with telling your story at first and did it help you heal with like the process? Cause I know with mine, I was like, I grew up in a family that nobody liked my dad. Everything was a secret. Like don't tell anybody that my parents split up and it was always, everything's a secret. Cause it, it shows weakness. Don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. And what, you know, my story I have a pretty crazy story and I was, I didn't really want to talk about it at first, but then I started to talk about it and I was like, okay, and you get better at it and then you start to heal more. And it's almost like, whoa, I don't like, did you find that telling that more kind of empowers you more and you start to get more confidence from telling it? Totally. And I think at first it's a funny feeling when you, you say it for the first time and it feels almost like you're a little bit scared. Like, should I have said that? I don't know what the feedback's going to be. I don't know how people are going to react. And the first time you say it, it's, like it's a little bit shocking for people because they'll come up and they'll be like, I had no idea that you were like that and that you cried every day and basically laid in bed and didn't want to get up. And I had no idea you always seemed so happy. And it, it, it's this initial shock that people give you. And, and at first when you say it, you're like, okay, I said it, that's me. But then the more and more you admit things that you've been scared to talk about, the more they're just words and they come out and you don't feel anything after a while. And it's almost like that, that nervousness or that scary bit of you keeping it down and being embarrassed about it, it ends up just coming out and it's worth nothing anymore. And so you do end up feeling really empowered because you're like, well, just by talking about it and sharing it with people, I just keep like releasing all of this terrible energy and negative energy and moving on to something that's so much better. Yeah, for sure. What, um, if you could uh, go back to younger self, mm-hmm. what, would, what would you what would you say to like you know the vulnerable teenager trying to figure it out? Oh, well, oh. Do you know what? I I went through a phase I think where I was a teenager and I was myself. I was a goofball. I was friends with. A little bit of everyone and I was friendly and I liked to speak to people I liked to do presentations I liked to put myself out there and, and enter contests that I never think that I never would have thought I could win and I would win them and I would take risks and then there was kind of this I think a social media moment in my life where you become much more reserved and you hold back a little bit because you're like I don't want people to judge me. I don't want people to think that I'm weird or I'm strange of the way I act or I'm so outgoing and things like that. But I would tell myself that that 
few years where you're so judgmental and you're holding back is such a waste of time because if I would have kept that ambitious, motivated, friendly, charismatic girl throughout all of those years, who knows where I could have been by now. Mm. And I did myself such a disservice by being scared. And it's hard to tell someone not to be scared and to just put yourself out there and be yourself because people are going to love it. But you kind of have to go through those shitty times too to realize that you're, you can reach a bottom point or a breaking point and then you just don't care afterwards. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's super important. Um, so, all right. Now we're around the present moment. Tell us about, tell us about more about your specific business coaching and kind of what you offer and where people can find you. So we are in the junction in Toronto. So funny enough, this Saturday is our big grand opening of our floral boutique. So um, in the past, we've always done events, weddings, planning, design, decor, florals. And last year, because we're a storefront, a lot of people would come in and be like, oh, can I buy these flowers? And we're like, I know they're kind of for something right now. Um, So this year, you're like, screw it. If people are coming in all the time, like what what an opportunity that we're missing. So we figured we'll be open to the public, order extra flowers every time we have uh, a wedding coming up the weekend, that weekend, um, and we'll sell the flowers. And so we came up with this really cool concept where we have invited people in and we've got a tea bar and we serve people tea for free if they want to come and just hang out and watch us floral arrange. And outside we've got just a shit ton of flowers and tables where people can chill out and hang because we're more looking for that community connection, not just people coming in and out. We want to know who's coming in and talk with people because that's what we do with our clients all the time. Our clients that we, we have come in for weddings or corporate events are people who we keep in touch with later and we work with throughout the year and, and have these great meetings with where it more feels like we're learning about each other and connecting and becoming friends. So it's, it's almost like we've created this company where the bottom line is just making people happy. And it doesn't matter if we're doing that through flowers or through events or through planning or through coordinating, whatever it is, we just want that connection with people. And we want people to leave as if they've had a lovely conversation or connection with someone and they've left with something and they want to come back. So we offer workshops, seminars, still my speaking seminars on kind of like self-love, being a badass, being who you are. Um, And we just do a little bit of everything. Like as things come in, we'll take on any creative challenge because, well, that's also who we are. We're a little bit competitive too. And um, yeah, we're, we're opening this Saturday and it's, it's crazy. It's a lot of work, especially during wedding season. Um, And I think the thing that we have to work on a little bit more is taking the time to relax a bit because right now I go hard and I forget that everybody, like our bodies are these intricate things that need sleep and food and water and rest once in a while. So I think that's the one thing that I need to work on or obviously I'm going to get sick again. And so delegating to the team and learning to like trust everyone because we're all super great at what we do and we're all exactly what the brand is. So it's, it's a busy industry and we're doing 
really, really well. And the clients that we're getting in are exactly the clients that we've been looking to get because that's what we put out into the universe. We are sarcastic, we're fun, we're chill, we swear. And so we get that back. And it's, it's just us still working day to day on the things that we realize we're struggling at, like resting or going on vacation once in a while, or even getting out with the team and doing a yoga class together or working out. It's, it's still a learning experience, but it's also nice doing it with a team that's pretty great at what we do. And I trust them a lot. Amazing. Where can mm. they, where can they find you? What's where, where is the best place to check you out? So if you follow us on Instagram, because that's where all the most recent things come up. Funny enough, we were just talking about social media and getting off there. But if you want to come visit us, um, it's inspire underscore design underscore studio. Um, and then on the website, inspireeventrental.com, we uh, post all of our current workshops and services. So you can get a little bit more from social media just because it's more current. But uh, the website has a lot of fun stuff on it too. But yeah, and anytime anybody wants to come by in the junction, we're, we're here. And if anybody wants to visit and come for tea and pick up their blooms for the week, then come by. We're, we're here to chill. What about you? What if people like what they hear about you and they want to they find out more? They want to get more like coaching, that kind of stuff. Is there anywhere that we can connect with you or watch come to your events or is it all through the brand? Okay, awesome. We're going to have all that in the show notes, guys. Make sure you check her out. Brittany DePaola. I love that name. It's awesome. Um, she's going to be, she's got all her stuff. We're going to have it all linked to the <laughs> her website and everything on there. Follow her on social media. Um, one question that I ask everybody, what's the one thing, one tip that you can offer to overcome adversity to go on to become successful in your life or whatever it is that you're doing? It's, it's that grit. Knowing that having grit is going to get you through anything that you go through. And always reminding yourself that the people who have things handed to them never persevere at what they do. It's never going to last. So you need to have that experience, that grit, that hardworking, that hardworking uh, past experience of mistakes and learning. And you get more, a little more rugged and maybe a little bit tougher as you go. But it's, it's all about grit. And if you have it, then you're going to succeed in, in whatever comes your way. Awesome. That's great. Grit. I love it. It reminds me of the hockey days. Yeah. You got to be gritty. You got to. Anyways, it would be, it's awesome. Thank you so much. We got so much packed in there and I got a lot of value and I'm sure a lot of people did as well. So thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much guys for listening. Brittany DePaula, everybody. Thanks everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. I love you guys. I appreciate all of you. Leave us a review. Let us know. And you, most importantly, have an amazing day. Appreciate you guys so, so much. Love you. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.